Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. The topic of today's reading is the connection between success and character. To explore additional advice beyond our podcast on living a successful life, check out Blinkist, the knowledge-boosting app that takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of non-fiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes of reading or listening time. Two very good books on the art and science of success that you can find on Blinkist are The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist dot com slash living to start a free seven-day trial that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t blinkist.com slash living to start your free seven-day trial blinkist.com slash living today's reading was edited and adapted from a Man Worthwhile, by John Phillips Meekin, published in 1913. I would like to talk with you today about the subject of success, but first let us understand each other. My idea of success may not be yours. I do not mean success in the narrow sense of gaining some petty victory the success of wealth, power, or glory. I do not mean to tell you how to become a great captain of industry, nor a brilliant entrepreneur. Neither would I instruct you in the art of diplomacy or statesmanship, the mysteries of religion, nor the intricacies of politics. A person may be great in all these, and yet be a very unsuccessful individual when considered from a universal standpoint, when measured by the growth of their soul, the development of their character, body and mind, or the accomplishment of a great purpose in life, of an ever unfolding, pure, earnest, honest manhood or womanhood. True or pure civilization is not built on a foundation of granite or marble, not with skyscrapers, not with pomp or show, not by making money, but upon foundations of character and reasoning power, with absolute integrity supporting the structure that is a human being. We continually read and hear about our great cities, our big buildings, our large population, our gilded halls, our airplanes and automobiles. We forever boast of our physical and material achievements. But the great need in the world today is true men and women of character and strength, not a herd of unthinking humans born to become slaves to petty tyrants, whose only idea is a golden god combined with sensual pleasures. It is not a big population we need. It is a better one, 
a race of people stronger and more perfectly balanced. Men and women of character are the need of the day. People whose minds are developed in strict integrity and honor. People who believe in truth, who are broad-minded, who are deep-hearted, full of love and wisdom, their hearts continually beating in true affection for humankind. Just plain, true, honest, thinking men and women, imparting their influence of joy and sunshine, not only in their immediate circle, but wherever they may go, and to all they may meet on life's rough highway. Schools and colleges should be established in every town and city, teaching the principles of and developing real women and men. These schools should be conducted with absolute mental liberty, with belief or no belief, faith or no faith, creed or no creed. All will be welcome. Real civilization, scholarship, manhood and womanhood alone shall count. The object to be attained is the heart, mind and soul of the individual. Over the archway shall be inscribed the College of Character, how to live and act on earth. The world should not be a windowless, sunless workshop where we wear away our lives in tribulation and toil. It should be a home, a field where nature gives forth her many gifts and blessings to all of God's children, where we sing our songs of love, labor in joy, and at night rest in peace. The only service that is good for you and good for the community is the one which leaves you a truer, sounder, more wholesome individual. Life is filled with glittering illusions. We spend our youthful energies, and above all the precious hours of life, in chasing phantoms of happiness, in fun and frolic, only to find in the end and after it is all over and old age creeps upon us, that the things we sought are not the things we wanted, and that the things we really wanted and needed we left far behind in the valley of youth. Therefore, in order that life may not close with regrets and recollections of a misspent life, we must look to ourselves and our conduct in the present, the here and the now, to love, to comfort, and to aid therein is the life divine. At the dawn of creation, God sent forth a predestined law, a punishment for errors made, namely that a step once taken is followed by its consequential steps, and no amount of prayer, worship, or flattery can set aside this law. An act must be followed by its consequence. This law carries a punishment to fit the crime in every phase of life. Whatever you may have of that which is called religion, if you are not true to yourself and others, in the wear and tear of everyday life, though you may imagine that religion united with the angels 
it is not worthwhile for you and will not enable you to win life's race. Perhaps you have heard the story of the old man who had a long journey to take. The road was strange, rugged and uncertain, so he prudently provided himself with a lantern. After a while he was overtaken by a young man who ridiculed him and likewise his lantern and passed on brave, self-confident, priding himself on his superior wisdom. The day wore away and the night came on. The old man by the light of his lantern traveled safely, but out of the darkness he heard a cry of distress. It came from the young man, who had lost his way and had fallen into a swamp, which was rapidly drawing him under. The more he struggled, the deeper he sank into the mire. Ah, said the old man, if you had provided yourself with a lantern, you would have seen that the path lay alongside and not through the middle of the bog. This story signifies what happens to those who start out in life without fixed principles of what is right to guide them. Now let us get to the question, what is success? In today's age, success all too often means the accumulation of wealth, pomp, show, fun and luxury. By this measure of success, the majority of people are failures. We must change our ideas and teachings from the worship of success to the admiration and teaching of efficiency in all phases of life, a connected system as it were, of the different sciences and arts, and thus produce a well-balanced population of reasoning citizens. Efficiency and success shall mean not to conquer others, but to help others. We must cultivate a new standard, a national spirit of higher ideals. Through the individual only can we build a national honor and an integrity worthy of our ancestors and of the glorious spirit and sentiment the flag of our country represents. Let us look for a moment at Ralph Waldo Emerson that great souled sage of Concord. Emerson was a successful man because he derived more out of life than the great majority of people. He went deep and wide into life. His nature was attuned to all the vibrations of the universe. His soul was so sensitized as to receive all the impressions that life could give. Never a flower bloomed but he breathed its fragrance. Never a bird sang but he listened and heard its melody. From celestial fields in the quiet hours of the night, he heard the music of the spheres. And as he passed amidst the busy throngs of noonday, he saw and heard and felt all the heart-throbs of humanity. The clear vision of his soul was not obscured by the sordid things which attract the great mass of people. He was independent and free, 
bound to no creed or faction. He searched untrammeled for the truths of life and found them. His ambition was to enrich himself, not by another's loss, but by enriching others, and he succeeded admirably. Emerson was rich in wisdom, love, and happiness, and he made others rich with the same kind of wealth. He lived to a ripe old age and passed peacefully into the shadow. The world is better, happier, wiser, and richer for his having lived. He was a successful man. He sought not for glory. It came to him unsought, and his name grows greater and brighter with the passing years. Success in life does not only mean the winning of some great prize, it ought to mean the attainment of that physical and intellectual condition in the individual, where all the various strings which make up the harp of life respond in fullest measure to the infinite vibrations of a throbbing, pulsing world. Nature's forces are never bribed. They are inexorable and eternal and as certain as is the mystery called death. Every low thought, every bad habit, however insignificant, is just as much of a mighty force turned against our progress to a successful, perfect life. To reach the shining heights of womanhood and manhood, the higher faculties must be developed and brought into use. Your head must be right before you are right and before you can travel right. You cannot be a true individual of character until you have been taught how. Emerson said, What the world needs is women and men who will make us do the best we can. To be an intelligent, helpful, kindly person should be the constant aim of every one of us. And to accomplish this, we must have faith in God, faith in ourselves, and faith in humanity. Ever keeping in mind, tis not so much what we are now, as what we may become. God reckons on the growth of us, and eternity gives room. Is not so much what we are now as what we may become. God reckons on the growth of us, and eternity gives room. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get your own private feed to our podcast with full transcripts delivered right to your smartphone by becoming our patron today. It costs less than a cup of coffee a month and will ensure the production of our podcast for years to come. Visit livinghour.org patron. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.